Yes, Father God, we thank you for the revelation of your love and truth and for understanding the dynamics of spiritual warfare. Because if we don't understand that and don't realize we're in a war, Lord God, we will surely be casualties of that war. And so we thank you, Jesus, for taking on the enemy, for defeating him at the cross and through the the resurrection and redeeming us from the grip of the terrible one and establishing us with authority as your ambassadors on this earth, to do your will, to do your work. And we pray for those who have been called to be the ambassadors of heaven today, the remnant, those who are being swallowed up, beaten up, attacked uh, in every way that can be imagined. And let them to understand that there are war rules, rules to the war, rules of engagement, and that there is a way to win, but we have to walk in the place of your word and understand your truth in order to do that, Father. So give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive that revelation. Lord God, give us grace to let go of the lies, the paradigms, the body of death operating systems, and all of the programming that we have been submerged in and, and exposed to throughout our whole life. And that let these things, these lies, these programs, these concepts, these opinions, these traditions that are not yours, just fall off your people. Let them see now that this is a real war and they can't play games anymore and they can't just play substitution and, and, and you know sit around on their couches and watch war games on the TV. They were involved in it. So Lord God, I thank you for protection. Your word says that no weapon formed against us will prosper, so there must be weapons, there must be a war. Help us now protect our families, those who work for us, pray for us, love us, and have come to us, and the many that are listening today. May you give them victory, because you said that is the goal, that we'd walk in victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, a lot of people, most everybody have, uh, most everybody on the planet has no concept of the war. Right. They know there's, there's hassles, there's trouble, mm-hmm. uh, there's all kinds of things. And even, even believers uh, well, right. in the church realm, there is talk about we're at a war, but that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. Nobody really quite understands into the it. intricacies mm-hmm. of, of the battles that take place here on earth. Well, we're doing a, cons- a series on Bewitched, and that is kind of what you're exactly, it's with a war. Um, and last time we talked about, you know, the the the, um, the, the wolves, the ravenous wolves coming in, and, and that we are needing to be uh, aware of these things, testing all things. Uh, they come in as wolves yeah. in sheep's clothing. But they see, the thing so is, bad. so we have to understand that Satan had to, come up with another narrative, a different story other than the true story. He had to make his story appealing and fun and and enticing so that he could counter every word of truth that God has with a lie. And and the counterfeits look so real. That's why Jesus said, don't go with what it looks like um, because that's the the devil's story and it takes us away from the true story. And you have to recognize that the the enemy counterfeits really everything. 
Everything. I mean, everything, everything. that's on the planet. Even Jesus even talked about blades of grass that were not his would be judged. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah we do right. indeed have those blades of grass now, don't we? And mm-hmm. cornfields full of GMOs. Okay, so he says, um, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times would come. Men would be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, having a form of godliness, but denying its power from such people turn away. So that form of godliness that we're, um, that we're, you know, embracing, we need to recognize it and turn away. And one of the, one of the conveyors, one of the carriers of this false gospel is, believe it or not, silly women. You know, women who have silly been women. immoral women, silly women, seductresses, uh-huh. witches, mm-hmm. you know, Jezebel spirits. And, and all of this is very, because, because why? Because men are vulnerable to women. They are, you know, easily flattered and, and, you know, they have, their goal is to, you know, do something to be something. So they're always busy trying to build something, uh, make something so they can feel good about themselves. And if you have somebody coming around to flatter you and entice you and seduce you and comfort you in a false way, they become very super vulnerable to this, I think, uh, more so even than women. But it says even in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 6, of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins. You know, we talked about that last time. Um, led, led away by various lusts, always learning, you know, self-help, whatever, never coming to a knowledge of the truth. This is the, this is the introduction to being taken captive um, by them. And Second Timothy says that... Um, that we're to correct those who are, are in opposition to themselves. That's in the King James Version. That they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will. See, there's another reference to war, taken captive um, in opposition to themselves. So Satan, what he does is he turns us against ourselves. Our autoimmune system gets turned against itself. We start speaking words over ourselves that are, oh, I'm so stupid, never going to make it. All these, kind, or it's my fault. And so whatever Satan gets us to do, tricks us, tempts us into doing, and we fall for it, then he flips it and makes it our fault. And this is why... Um, you know, people yeah. are turned against, they're well, set up in opposition even to themselves. Yeah, here's how it goes. I mean, Satan tempts you, tempts you to go into something, to do something that's wrong. It's going to feel good. It's going to look good. It's going to be all right. He tempts you to go, this is so good. And then what happens when you go into it that way, then he condemns you for it. Mm-hmm. And he accuses, look what you did. Yeah, exactly. You did it wrong. It's well, like, wow. It's a you know, and, and so sword. I don't know why we're so quick to pick up the, condemnation against ourselves, self-condemnation, because we don't know that we're loved. We all almost all feel unworthy of God's love. God's mad at us, and he's ready to uh, judge us and test us and and, and yeah, we teach us a lesson. Right. We don't know who we are. We don't know our true yeah, identity absolutely. As, you know, as the people of God. That really makes a huge difference when you understand your but true But that's identity. what the war is about. Okay. Yeah, as attack on your identity. And Satan does that, as Jesus told us about the, when the stronger man comes in to divide the house, our individual lives are, you know, and he sets us up in opposition to ourselves so he can plunder our goods, plunder and, and steal our weapons. That's where the war is. It's right inside of us. And he tells us and warns us again in Second Timothy that evil men, we're in these days, evil men and imposters or impersonators will grow worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. And then he lists some guys, their names, those who had forsaken him, guys who were his right-hand men or right there with him, walked away, believed a lie, were snatched up, uh, hijacked, kidnapped, and drawn away from the kingdom of God. 
And then he says, there's the time is coming when they're not going to endure sound doctrine. We're in those days. We don't even have to try to make an argument for that. It's so obvious. Um, they're, uh, they're being led away by their own lusts, their desires. They have itching ears. They want teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. Uh, they turn away from the truth. They turn aside to fables. And this is why we have so much popularity with all of our movies, fables, stories. Um, you know, and a lot of those are, are built on paganism, mythology, and, and cultures. Yeah, that religious traditions that come into the church and, and where, where there, there's an undermining of the authority of the scriptures, the word of God. And so it's like, you know, those are just basically kind of cast aside. Mm-hmm. Maybe give a little lift service to a scripture or two here and there. Yeah. But then the, the, the teaching, the doctrines, that come even through most churches are so far away mm-hmm. from the right context. Well, and of and we're so truth. far away that we don't even realize it anymore. We've been steeped in the lie for so long. But um, in Titus it says, uh, "Do not give do not give heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn away from the truth. They profess to know God, but but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and and disqualified to every good work." So these men. Are um, the the fab- you wouldn't think fables would have that much power over people? That you know, the stories, the, you know, just think about them. Thor and uh, all of these things we watch. I mean, mythology, superheroes. Yeah, it's just like oh, we're just we're just pulled into the the idea of a story. People like stories. Jesus used stories, and and so people are very in. So now Disney and all the rest of them, they create all kinds of stories for us to fascinate about and be fixed on. So we on. can suck in the witchcraft uh, that they're Yeah, that we're we're proclaiming. And, but we don't reject these things. We you know the Bible says submit to God, resist the devil. We don't reject them. We passively put up with them and in that way we agree with them. Um, and we don't call these things out. We let these people just go on and on. It says reject the device of men after the first or second admonition or warning, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, self condemned but we don't call out these things we just put up with these things and then he's uh, paul is talking to his people he says but you have followed my doctrine manner of life um to continue in these things this is the whole point of the war is to continue in the truth here's the thing that you know paul writes about he writes to timothy okay here's what's going on in the world perilous times evil evil times imposters uh imposters will growing worse and worse deceiving and being deceived but you you're not going to follow this. Here's what's going on, but here's the alternative. Yeah. Here's where you're going to stay uh, in in the Word. Yes, and and that's it. All Scripture. The Scripture is the plumb line. It keeps us on the straight and narrow. It keeps us right in the in the faith. Well, Second Timothy chapter three, verse ten. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, mm-hmm. for reproof, for correction, for instruction in, in righteousness. righteousness. But most people don't want to be. Go ahead. A woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. But most people don't want to be instructed in righteousness. They're, they have their own version of whatever it is they're doing, and don't bother with, don't mess with my food, don't mess with my religion. Um, but, you know, going back to how did we get off the track so bad? How did we miss the true gospel? The true gospel is rare. Now, it's very rare. And yet God is as real and true in the gospel is as thorough and genuine as it's ever been. Um, but people go with appearances. Um, you know, he's, he is, he, he has given us the word, but I believe what's really contaminated us are the fables, the paganism, the stories Satan has set up and as an alternative belief system, which there is 
an alternative belief system to the truth. But it says that in the last days, people, these these teachers will come and turn their uh, ears away from the truth and be turned mm-hmm. to fables. That's right. But, but you, you'd be amazed. <clears throat> in the last days, God's many, right on many again. Many young gen- uh, in the younger generations, uh, yeah. you know, we, we've seen this at, well, at, at pagan festivals where we've gone to share mm-hmm. the word of God. Mm-hmm. They're all... the the crew that's coming there for the most part they're they've said we you know we've seen a little bit of what they consider christianity and they said we're looking for something we know it's not there so they go into well, all kinds of that's fables. because they fall they saw the counterfeits of right. christianity they saw the powerless impotent they rejected the gospels yeah of, they of judgmentalism and Right, and, and they think that's God, and so they turn away. But uh, but let's go for a minute looking at this this alternative Satanist concocted. I don't know how far we're going to get in this today, but paganism and the old world religions. Everybody after Noah and the flood, there was again a great divide um, because Noah and his Shem, uh, Ham and Japheth, uh, these three sons. Well, Ham begot uh, Nimrod. And that's he's the grandson of Noah, and they turned away with the Tower of Babel. So they began to take rebellion. They're going to take matters into their own hands, build this big tower, so that if God sends another flood, we won't ever be destroyed. They were also building this tower as a ziggurat to communicate with the second heaven, where they knew the demons lived. The, I'm not the demons, sorry, the fallen angels. And so, but that that paganism and world religion. That's enticing. You know, we see little remnants of it in Halloween. We see remnants of it in, in the trick-or-treat kind of, you know, make a deal with the devil kind of thing. But it's built on fear. It's built on superstition. It's built on uh, paranormal, which means the smoke and mirrors uh, tricks of the devil. Um, it's built on fear and control because when Satan can get people afraid, he can control them. It's built on intimidation and bullying and, and abandonment. Right. Well, the idea is we know something people know generally something's wrong with us and somehow there are gods out there there's a god or gods and we're in we're not on, we're in need we're of help we're not on the good side with them so we got to do something to get them you know, to like us it, in the extreme case it was in the worship of baal or baal it was that we offer we our offer children. our children we we th- For take favor. our babies and throw them in the fire to, to gain favor, to pacify but the, the, very the fact, anger of God. The very fact us. that they had to, you know, pacify these gods with the, the blood of their own precious offspring, it, the very fact that they were afraid of these gods, that these gods were angry and they had to be placated all the time, proves to you these gods were not gods of love. No. They were gods of fear and, and terror and, and torment and evil. intimidation. They were evil. evil. And yet the people seemed to how, somehow feel that they could... They could control the gods by giving the gods what the gods wanted. So it was really a, 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 you know, they were being deceived into thinking they could manage this. So superstition and fear, intimidation, bullying, abandonment. That's what Halloween's all about in the olden days. The Druids, they did not want to work for their food. And so in the fall, when the, the winter was coming, they, they intimidated the farmers and the peasants who had raised their squash and their potatoes and said, basically, if you don't give me squash and potatoes, I being the, the high priest, the, the priest of evil or the Druid, the priest, I will curse you. I will use my powers and my, my connections cursed, with Satan to yeah. curse you. So they gave them their squash and their beets and whatever. And um, so that's where we get the idea of trick or treat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. People don't even get that. But yeah. it, then, so it's all based on a mythology. Is a, and, and you know what? Mythology, people say, well, yeah, mythology, that's just a made-up thing. It, it is and it isn't. It is rooted in truth. 
Because when the when the angels, the fallen angels, saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful, they mated with them, and they the, the offspring were giants, men of renown, demigods, if you will. That's where you get your Zeuses and your Thors and whatever. And and God relegated them to another kingdom. They were not allowed to operate in this earth. But the thought, but the but the demons, lying spirits, carried their stories and enhanced and made them romantic and made them uh, appealing. And so. Um, we we are still allured by these fascinating creatures that have, you know part man part part fish you know we have the mermaids we have the sa- the, the um, centaurs we have all these these cro- where Satan crossed these things he crossed creatures he crossed the kinds and that's where you get these so these things are real uh, and yet we tell us ourselves oh they're just made up fairy tales. But fairies are also real, but we don't really, you know, want to understand. But we want to really, there's a war, and these entities are at war with God. And when you're with these entities and looking to them for power or intrigued by them or making little fairy gardens to them, you're worshiping idols and you're, you're, you're worshiping actual demons. Your lies, you're following lies. And so we have to understand paganism and mythology go hand in hand, and they're basically rooted in the same thing. It, just a quick comment about Halloween. You know, just think of it for a moment. We we celebrate death, mm-hmm. fear, and monsters, blood, and, and gore, so horror, so, and, and try to make it Witchcraft. a fun time for children and a time to party. We we, we mean, bait is, them is, with is candy that, and tricks. Is that twisted or what? I mean, who wants to celebrate death and fear and and monsters? And then make it a, a fun sort of thing, you know. That's called divination. It, it, that that is really twisted, sister. Brother. Well, you know, look. Okay. So the counterfeit realities have become enticed. We've been enticed and intrigued by them, um, and so we look for ways to make those things the truth. Um, there, these all of these ideas are reinforced by the God of this world, and the God of this world, his strategy is to capture the world and contaminate all of the unsuspecting and sedate, seduce, and destroy them. Actually, Satan's end game for human beings is to destroy our DNA and, and get us to kill us, to kill human beings because he's so livid and angry and jealous of us because when we were created, we were created higher than the angels. So that put him under us and he didn't like that. And so he said, I will ascend to the throne of the Most High God. I will be as God, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so he wanted to get to that position of being the Lord of all. And so that's why we had that first war, and that's why Jesus had to come, and that's why Satan tried to entice us, to trick us, to get us on his side so he could kill us, and we're still falling for it today. And the gods of this world are in control of this world right now. Um, God, our God, the one true God, he is watching over all, he is over all, he is the only one who can fix all this. So I would say we need to appeal to heaven um, seriously, uh, cut your, take stop all action, all things that distract you and, and take up your day and appeal to heaven that he will intervene for us. Yeah, it's interesting. First um, John five nineteen it says, we know that we are of God. Now this is something, our identity. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The, the persuasion. Whole world, every... Mm-hmm. Moment, every detail. Everyone. So this is the war. This is there education. is a conspiracy. And when people say, "Oh, I don't go with conspiracy theory," well, the whole thing is built on conspiracy because there's it's a war, and the conspiracy is to pretend like there's not a war when there's an, a war over the very the stakes are of eternity, life and death, 
heaven and hell. And if you're going to say, I'm not in conspiracy theory, you're living in conspiracy theory. Well, that's it. It's, it's not, not even a theory. It's not a theory. That's <laughs> yes. what I was going to say. It's a, it's a reality. This is, this is fact. But see, that's the, that's the divination. Satan hooks the word cons- theory, theory on the, on well, the word you're conspiracy. Just imagining this. This isn't a conspiracy theory. You're, this is a conspiracy a f- fact. Right. This is the war. Um, so his end game for strategies is to take over the world. And Halloween is just one little example of that. And it's, you know, like we have been uh, enamored with it and, and overcome with it. And it makes lots of money out there in the market. And we do the stupidest things. And we are, are even we put horrible things on our lawns, you know, hands coming up out of the ground and, and team, tombstones and things like that to um, and, and just to reenact or to. Actually, what happens is when you participate with these things, you're making an agreement with them. Any way we participate with anything, whether you wear clothing that's appointed to that, that holiday or whether you decorate your house for that occasion or you send your children out trick-or-treating or you dress up along with them or uh, promote this as a fun thing, all of this lends your agreement to the demonic reenactments and to the even eating, listening, viewing, embracing it all Satan says, well, they're agreeing with me, so I have a right to bring this horrible thing on them. And so, um, you know, we think it, it's just you're going to have to make a, a decision. It's not a it's not a middle of the road kind of, well, we're just going to kind of compromise here. We're just going to kind of like play both sides of this. We're having to make decisions about these things and, and make a, a strong decision. I will not participate in this. Um, yes, well, God has the, the, the blessing. The truth is at harvest time. God made the pumpkins. Satan made the jack-o'-lanterns. You know, there's, you know, you can heart, you can rejoice and be thankful. We have Thanksgiving, which is now downplayed totally as a minor, minor, minor holiday, um, given one day in the week. You know, but uh, so, but we, but we, God has got. A, we can be ha- thankful for the harvest. We can rejoice in the harvest. We can, um, as a matter of fact, God has several celebrations and holidays or festivals or not holidays. He has holy days. Satan has holidays, God has holy days. Over this time of the year with the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of um, the Trumpets, all of these things are, God is also wanting us to celebrate these things, but he's given us the right way to do it. And so we don't have to go with witches and brooms and um, dark arts and, and, you know, bats and spiders and horror movies and um, everybody's playing the game, even giving free coupons for dressing up like a witch. If you go get a 20% discount on your pizza. I mean, it's like everywhere. Um, but let's just take a step back for a second and look at this. This is what we would call classical witchcraft. You know, we can fail, you know, it's pretty easy to see what it is. It's the, the witch with the pointed hat and the wart on her nose. And, and, but it comes from, uh, that the age old beginning sin of the curiosity and desire to know more. Um, we, we are, we're looking at that forbidden tree, the knowledge of good and evil, desiring the forbidden, wanting to know what's going on so we can interpret or have a handle on or know the future. Um, and we are just caught up in this kind of, um, you know, uh, pursuit. It's the uh, same pursuit uh, as yeah, in the garden. Uh, God says that, you know, <clears throat> you set up the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden. Mm-hmm. There's things that God wants us to know. He wants us to know Him. There's things. There's there's a realm of evil. He doesn't want us to go there. Yeah. But because we went of, there. because of the choices of Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and and now we we just kind of 
almost instinctively go there, go yes. to the wrong wrong things. Well, you know, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, God gives us examples of these people. Uh, you know, even in you know tradition and stories, there's the old hag, the one who's the witch in the in the in the forest who's got the cauldron and she's got she's stirring up a brew, a potion, a potion, and and it really what she's putting in there is ridiculous, whatever it might be. Bat, bat wings, and uh, whatever it might be. But <laughs> but when she gives it to the the one who comes to buy it or purchase it or or look, seek it out, she says, "Now you take this or do this or give this to your enemy or whatever, and this this and this will happen." And because they all agreed that this is going to happen, the de- they give the de- the demons power and permission to go and make those things happen. But this the but the examples in the Bible, uh, Jezebel is probably the most profound of all. them. First Kings chapter sixteen. Um, 17, 18, and then Second Kings 9, talks about Jezebel, who was the daughter of Abel, or her father was a pagan, mm-hmm. and she married uh, the Israelite king, Ahab, Ahab. Mm-hmm. and so their marriage was contaminated with witchcraft and soothsaying and fortune-telling, and, and, but she was determined, and she was the, the perfect um, you know, example of what we see today as witchcraft, um, but today, however, the witchcraft is all, there's a makeover. There's a total make, you've seen those old shows where they take this person who's very flumpy dumpy and they make her into this gorgeous girl and you can, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a, it's a makeover. Well, the, Satan has done the same thing with the old hag. He's made her into a, a make, a, a beautiful, you know, carrying the same spirits of rebellion. Um, they go after the prophets of God and the anointed leadership, but still looking seductive and beautiful. So she is easily brought into the church, you know. Um, so it, it doesn't look like what we're expecting it to look like. You know, that old wiki, uh, witched, you know, screeching and, and scary and whatever, outbursts, whatever. Nowadays, it's more seductive and charming and sexually appealing. Sexually appealing. Yeah, well, here's the deal. And so we, we can look at these outward, you know, more obvious, it should be more obvious to us, manifestations of, of witchcraft. But then there's a whole section of another aspect of that, of, of divination. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting uh, you mentioned the witch of Endor that Saul went to consult. They'd outlawed mm-hmm. witches in Israel, but there was one that was still practicing, operating, and Saul knew where she was, and he came as a king. He came mm-hmm. to consult with her. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, he gets rebuked by the prophet Samuel for that. In First Samuel 15, um, uh, he, he said, you know, he... Um, he says, uh, for verse 23 of First Samuel 15, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, mm-hmm. yep. and mm-hmm. stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. And so he, he's saying that rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. Yeah. Th- that word can be translated divination. Okay. So, so, in other words, we talk about, you know, Christian witchcraft in the, in, you know, and but it's if there's rebellion, resistance to the word of God, stubbornness, of neck, control, iniquity, manipulation, stubbornness, mm-hmm. iniquity, idolatry. Oh my goodness, that that that's witchcraft. That's, that, witchcraft. that's the kind of witchcraft that we don't even see often yeah. and don't even think about, because witchcraft is essentially trying to manifest 
control over things. Over human control, beings. Control, you know. Taking control, us away from God. Take control over your health. Take control. Yeah. Uh, control is one of the I'm characteristics of witchcraft. Way. And the lie underneath that is, it's up to me. I can't mm-hmm. trust God, so it's up to me. But I want to read a passage that most people have probably never read. It's in the Bible. It's Ezekiel chapter 13. And we'll probably end with this today, although there's a whole lot more to say here. This is about divination, and it is starting with verse 17. Uh, now, God is telling Ezekiel to, to, to call this out. Um, he says, verse 17, 13, 17. Likewise, son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people who prophesy out of their own heart, prophesy against them. And say, thus says the Lord God, woe to the women who sew magic charms on their sleeves and make veils for the heads of the people of every height to hunt souls. Will you hunt the souls of my people and keep yourselves alive? And will you profane me among my people for handfuls of barley and pieces of bread, killing people who should not die and keeping people alive who should not live by your lying to my people who listen to lies. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I'm against your magic charms by which you hunt souls. The, they're like birds. I will tear them from your arms and let the souls go, the souls you hunt like birds. I will also tear off your veils and deliver my people out of your hand, and they shall no longer be as prey in your hand. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Because with lies you have made the hearts of the righteous sad, whom I have not made sad, and you have strengthened the hands of the wicked, so that he does not turn from his wickedness to save his life. Therefore you shall no longer envision futility, nor practice divination, for I will deliver my people out of your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Now this is very clear what God is saying here to Ezekiel, that there are women out there who prophesy, prophetesses, who prophesy lies. They have magic charms. They seduce people. They deceive people. They're treacherous against them. Um, and to every, every type of person. And it's to hunt their souls. It's not for a small thing. Um, will you hunt the souls of my people and keep yourselves alive? God is saying, you're causing people to die who shouldn't die, and the ones who should die are, are living. Um, but God is calling this divination. He says that you shall no longer envision, envision futility, practice or practice divination, for I will deliver my people out of your hands. So this is what's happening today. We are absolutely in the middle of this Ezekiel prophecy, and it was current then, and it's current today. It's as current today as it ever was. So that's Ezekiel chapter 13. I'd say you should go and read that little chapter there, which you've probably never seen in your life because it's kind of obscure, but here God is talking about it, so it must be real. It cannot be um, just shuffed along and, and said, this is nothing. In the book of Revelation, it talks about trading of various commodities in, in Babylon, which yeah. is this world, yeah. evil world system. And one of the things they're trading in is the soul's of men. men. The bodies and souls, it bodies says. And bodies and souls. Now we have body parts being sold. We have children who's being killed so their bodies, parts of their body can be sold in the black market. We have every abomination under the sun and we have a God who sees all this, you know, and we have people who are lured by these things. And, and it starts very mildly, very simply, very innocent looking when people don't realize they're being sucked into it. And Halloween is one of those things. But you know, we. I'm sorry, we're going to have to end this this program today. But there's so much more to say. It's like in our intro, 
the battle is for the souls of men. Yeah. It, it's the, it's for the souls of men. It's for the eternal destiny. So, the eternal destiny of mm-hmm. human beings. That's what the battle is all Where about. Where are you going to spend God eternity? has done everything he can. He mm-hmm. sent his son to give his life for us. And Satan is doing everything he can. God wants our souls. He paid the price for our souls. Yes. And Satan is trying to get our souls as well. And our souls live forever. They don't just die. We are created. We don't just disintegrate or when we go into the ground. We don't just decompose. Our bodies decompose, but our souls and our spirits will live somewhere forever. We don't, we don't cease to exist. And this is what people don't understand. And so they're deceived and they think they can regenerate or what is that? They, they come back again as a butterfly. Reincarnate. Reincarnate, yeah. yeah. So, Father, we just ask you to forgive us. Forgive our, our, us as a nation, as a world, for practicing idolatry, for falling for divination, for the, the prophetesses and prophets of Baal and Satan that have deceived your people. I pray, O oh God, that you would do something, whatever it is you want to do, need to do, to separate us from that vile, unclean, unholy passion of Satan and separate us unto yourself as a holy remnant, Lord God, that's not going to be afraid, that we will be fearless, we'll walk in the fullness of your goodness, and that we will be able to be strong enough to not participate, to say, no, I don't want anything to do with this, and turn us away from evil, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So check us out at liferecovery.com. There's a lot of things that we offer on our, our website. Um, one of the most intriguing things, I think, is our audio drama, um, God on Trial, which is written from the devil's point of view, actually, to tell us about how Satan tried to take God down, how he tries to thwart God, how he tries to deceive God's people, how Satan himself is actually the one who's being deceived. But it's a very enc- encouraging and deep, uh, I don't know, um, experience to hear that from the narrative, the dialogue, the drama, the emotion, the uh, court examinations, the Jesus on the earth, and how the demons are after him. Yeah, it's really I I I describe it as genius. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> I really believe it's something that's really God inspired you mm-hmm. to to write, mm-hmm. and it is so it is so powerful. It addresses almost every spiritual issue that there is mm-hmm. and every need and thought of mankind that there mm-hmm. is and and really you know gets behind the scene the scenes of what's going on yeah. on earth and in the lives of people and, and it's done in a in a biblical way and it's done in a very entertaining way mm-hmm. once you listen you, you it just draws you right in to it and uh, God can really speak to you through that. So mm-hmm. we highly, highly recommend that. God on trial. God yeah. on trial. Yes, and you can actually buy it little bits at a time. You can buy episode one. I think you can actually listen to episode one or snippets or samples of it on the website. But, you know, I think they're like under three bucks, you know, for, you know, and you can download. It's very, very interesting when you're driving any length of time, commuting, whatever. These things will just, make your time go fast and you won't even notice how long it took you to get there and you've done two you've got there and you've also used your time well to be edified so god i'm trying you'll be uh loaded with truth when you get to where you're going so what was the net what was the name of that again God on trial. Yes, it's an audio drama. So the Lord recovery.com. Yep. God bless you guys and we'll talk to you again soon. I have an emergency. What is your location?
because there's a war for your soul.